patients at risk, a discussion of the dangers that patients face when physicians are replaced with non-physician practitioners. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca Bernard, and I'm joined by my co-host and the co-author of our book, Patients at Risk, The Rise of the Nurse Practitioner and Physician Assistant in Healthcare, Dr. Naran Alajba. Good evening. One of the ways that corporations have been successful in replacing physicians with lesser trained medical practitioners is by creating a sense of equivalence so that patients think that the care that they receive is the same. For example, both physicians and nurse practitioners and physician assistants wear white coats. They have similar appearing badges, and they may even be all referred to as doctor, even if the doctorate is not a medical degree. And not only do these corporations elevate the role of non-physicians, but they also work to bring down the level of physicians. On many healthcare websites, physicians are listed as mere providers. The once named doctor's lounge is now the provider's lounge. And now some institutions have even taken aim at doctor's day, hijacking the one day devoted to showing appreciation for physicians and turning the focus instead on the healthcare team. Today, Dr. Marsha Haley, a radiation oncologist, joins us to discuss an article that she wrote for the Bucks Courier Times about the appropriation of Doctor's Day. Dr. Haley, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Can you start us out, Marsha, by telling us just a little bit about Doctor's Day, what it is and why we celebrate it? Doctor's Day was established on March 30th, 1933 in Winder, Georgia, by Eudora Almond, wife of Dr. Charles B. Almond. The date is the first anniversary of a doctor using ether anesthesia by Dr. Crawford W. Long. The first observance included mailing greeting cards and placing flowers on the graves of deceased doctors, including Dr. Long. The flowers were red carnations, which would later become the representative flower for this national holiday. A few other local doctors' wives even assisted Almond in preparing a celebratory luncheon so their husband's work in healthcare could be publicly appreciated. On October 30, 1990, President Bush signed Resolution Number 366, which became public law, designating March 30th as National Doctors' Day to honor the contribution of physicians who serve our country. Right. And so it's a big deal. It has been since 1933. And the idea is like so many other days that we celebrate Mother's Day and Administrative Professionals' Day, it's Doctors' Day. It's the day that we say thank you for going to med school and doing all these things. And and Marsha, what was it that got you a little hot under the collar when you saw that uh, facilities were adding other groups to physicians for Doctors' Day? Well, there were a couple of reasons. One is that my institution was very good to us, not so much in material things, but sending us emails and phone calls and letting us know that we were appreciated as physicians, as part of the whole healthcare team, that they highlighted our, our unique contribution to patient care. The second thing was this overall thing that you mentioned of kind of blending all the different team members together. And I feel like when Doctor's Day is not set aside for physicians, that contributes to that mindset. So I think it's important to just like we do for Nurses Week and all the other weeks and days that we have for specific healthcare practitioners, it's important to honor physicians on that special day and honor physicians alone. And Marcia, you pointed out in the letter to the editor that you wrote that doctors today are facing a lot of burnout and moral injury. And you felt that by not recognizing doctors, at least giving them the one day that's supposed to be reserved for them, that that actually contributes to moral injury. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yes. Medicine is changing in a way that is negatively affecting doctors. Governmental policies and reimbursements have made it extremely difficult for physicians to own their own practices. So now most physicians have lost autonomy and are now employees of corporate medical groups. In many cases, the takeover of local hospitals by these corporate groups has led to prioritizing profits above the well-being of patients and staff. For example, since 2019, dozens of doctors have left medical centers over concerns for patient safety. Doctors have been fired and replaced with, quote, providers who did not attend medical school or residency and have been fired for doing things like exercising their professional judgment on distributing COVID-19 vaccines. Stressful work settings, work-life challenges, lack of support, exhaustion, lack of autonomy, and longer work hours are all contributing to the rising physician suicide rate, which is twice that of the general population. So any support that we can give to our physician colleagues, I believe, is very important for these more for moral support and to give them the support that they need. We have a kind of a list here of different other days, just as an example, I thought would be kind of fun to, to review. Of course, there's Nurses Day and Nurses Week, which is, I think, extremely important because our nurses work very hard and agree with all of these other days. It's just fascinating that that they get their days. So there's even National IV Nurse Day, Oncology Nursing Month, Nurse Practitioner Week in the fall, Allied Health Professionals, Health Information Professionals, Administrative Professionals, Health Unit Coordinators Day, that's one of my favorites, and Pharmacy Technician Day. And again, I mean, these are great. And I I just want to read how Johns Hopkins chose to celebrate Doctors Day, because I think this is a really important thing. And This is a message that they first posted on Twitter, as a matter of fact, where it kind of went crazy. During COVID-19, we are thankful now more than ever to have not only our doctors, but also nurses, PAs, environmental services, and other healthcare workers by our side at Johns Hopkins Medicine. We are grateful to all of our staff who are on the front lines during COVID-19. Hashtag National Doctors Day. And again, I completely agree with this with the sentiment behind the post. Of course, we're grateful to every person on the team, but they they actually have weeks that they get to celebrate, and we have like one day. And so I loved some of the comments. And my favorite is actually you forgot to thank hospital therapy dogs in your statement because I thought that was such a great, like funny way to think about it. Another person had written as a patient on this uh, day. At John Hopkins, I would like to thank every hospital, every clinic I ever drove past, every pharmacy, and even the pharmacy section of every grocery store. And really, I think that's a great description of how we feel as physicians when this from one of our very important institutions came out. So I'm so glad you wrote about it because I think you're right. I think it's just one more nail in the coffin. Well, you know, what's interesting is that Johns Hopkins came back and said, well, we were trying to be inclusive and that's why we did this. And that's why people were coming up with these funny little things saying, well, I'd like to thank, you know, the Academy for, you know, and basically all and on and on and on. So what was interesting was that Johns Hopkins got so much criticism from physicians and others that they actually revised their post. And so what they wrote is we are revising this post due to feedback we've received from our community and the doctors that we so very much value and respect Our intention in the original post was to be inclusive of other important members of our patient care teams due to previously received feedback. We recognize that this has deeply offended doctors, those that are intended to be celebrated on Doctors' Day. And for that, we sincerely apologize. That was not our intention. What did you think of that uh, sort of apology, Marsha, when you read that? 
I thought it was very good that so many people jumped on that post and commented because it wasn't just physicians that noticed that it was tone deaf toward doctors. Many nurses commented, many other healthcare professionals, and also patients and members of the general public realized that it was tone deaf, which I think was a great thing. The thing that bothered me the most, though, was that physicians felt hurt by this. They felt ignored by this and comments like it. And one physician, which really affected me, said that this tells me that this healthcare institution doesn't value their physicians. They don't give due recognition to their hardworking, burned out physicians who have sacrificed blood, sweat, and tears so that Johns Hopkins can be ranked a top hospital. And I heard this over and over again during doctor's week by doctors that their institutions either gave tone deaf messages such as dear practitioners, dear providers, happy providers day, you know, really not recognizing physicians. And so I, I am glad that Hopkins got called out on it. And I hope that other healthcare institutions will take note and really take that one day to recognize their doctors appropriately. Well, the the Twitterverse did go crazy, as we mentioned. And then after that mea culpa by Johns Hopkins, people started posting old messages from Johns Hopkins on other days for different medical professionals because they said, oh, really? So you say you want to be inclusive. Well, how come you didn't mention doctors on, say, Nurses Day? So someone posted, and we'll put this up on our YouTube channel, the Nurses Day, which was May 6th. And it says from John Hopkins Medicine. Every day, nurses provide compassion and care, motivation and inspiration. They are at your side in moments of need and leading innovations that shape our future. This Nurses Week, share a message of appreciation here. So someone posted that and said, well, this is interesting. And then they showed uh, from the year before or two years before, again, it's National Nurses Week. We want to thank all nurses. And, And at Johns Hopkins, hashtag nurses are the heart of what we do. And then even more, somebody made a montage where they took all the Johns Hopkins tweets for, let's see, there is Happy Medical Laboratory Professionals Week. We are grateful to our lab techs and pathologists. Uh, I guess they threw in doctors there, pathologists. There's another one for National Physical Therapy Week, National Radiologic Technologist Week, and so on and so forth. And people were just saying, well, this is clearly your, it's only when it's physicians that you guys need to feel the need to include everyone else. And why do you think it is that these institutions are not able to give physicians any recognition or acknowledgement, even on their own day? That's a really good question. And again, I think it speaks to this broader appropriation of the word doctor. And nowadays in clinics, just because someone refers to themselves as a doctor doesn't mean they're a physician. And in many ways that we've talked about on this podcast before, This benefits the healthcare system because if they don't have to hire physicians to, say, cover clinics or cover the ER, this can be financially beneficial to them. And so that professional confusion is beneficial to the healthcare system in many ways. And so I I think that's it's part of a broader narrative that we've seen in probably the past 10 years. Right. And I think it comes back, we we have to talk about the provider thing again, because We'll put up on our YouTube the next uh, screenshot that we have, which is from Emblem Health. And it says, thank you, providers, celebrating providers on National Doctors Day. 
And then it says, today is National Doctors Day and Emblem Health is celebrating all the work and dedication of our network physicians and all the healthcare professionals who help deliver quality care to our members. So Naran, when you, I know that the word provider makes like my, like my blood pressure goes up like crazy. So what do you think when you see this? Well, you know, obviously I'm the person who had the guts or maybe just wasn't thinking clearly when I published the article that was quoting another article, which I still want to be clear about, talking about the the Weimar Republic and the use of stripping essentially physicians of their title doctor. So I guess that's really what the point of the article was, that when you strip the title of people who have worked their tail off for a decade to save the lives of patients. I think people think it's about ego. And I want to be really clear that I don't really care what you call me. I really care that you understand who I am and what I've done to get where I am to be at the bedside saving your life. And to me, I feel like, I mean, I'm well-established. Dr. Bernard, I know you're established. You know, Marsha, I'm assuming you're established. You know, we're all kind of of that same generation. But when you have new people coming out to practice, It's not well-established. They don't have a panel of patients who know what they've done and where they've been. And and I think it it, it does a real disservice to all of us who are giving up our 20s, sometimes our 30s, to do this. And people don't understand what it's like to give up your 20s. I mean, you essentially, you don't either date or keep your marriage together. It's hard to have kids. Like you literally, I lost my entire 20s. I mean, I went into medical school when I was 19. I came out and joined my dad when I was 27. I lost the whole darn time period. I can barely remember anything other than like wanting to rub two quarters together, making 20,000 that first, you know, second and third year, like we did back then uh, in residency. And so I think it does us a disservice and it leads to exactly what Marsha's talking about, which is the burnout, the dissatisfaction, frankly, the, why did I do this? And the problem is People may not think about it until they go into that hospital and there isn't a doctor there or the emergency room, which we are getting to the point where there will not be doctors in the emergency room. People keep saying every day to me, why aren't there any family docs? Why aren't there any internal medicine docs? And I said, no one wants to do this job. I love my job, but who's going to do this job? And in 20 years, there won't be anyone and you won't have a doctor. And people will say, well, I don't understand. Why are they retiring? Well, this is why. I mean, not only doctor's day, but you don't even call me a doctor anymore. Now I'm a provider. And now nobody knows whether the lab technician or I am the person providing your care. Hey, I respect the lab technician. I know what they do is completely different than what I do. But you know what? They didn't give up their 20s. And I think that's a really important point. So I know you just, you touched on a nerve for me because the word provider, I think is disrespectful. I think it's dangerous. And I think it's actually literally leading to more suicide of physicians. I think so too. And, you know, I think the big thing is that there's only one path to becoming a physician. And that is medical school, which is not online, which is not any kind of part-time or work at the same time. It's a rigorous program. Not everybody gets in and not everybody graduates. Then it's a mandatory residency, which is not a 40 hour a week weekends off. It is a 80 to hundred hour week for up to at least three years, but up to how long was your residency, Marsha? I did a one year internship in general surgery and my residency was four years after that internship. So, so it was five, five years four. after medical school. So we're talking about nine years and a completely standardized, multiple exams that you passed. And so when you come out, you've earned the title doctor. You are a physician. Meanwhile, you have other people that are taking other paths, none of which require that same amount of rigor. 
Now, I'm not saying that nurse practitioners and physician assistants don't have other clinical experience. Maybe when they come into school, maybe they've worked as a nurse or they've worked in other healthcare fields, but it's not the same thing. And all of those people also always have the choice to go to medical school. In fact, we've talked to many physicians who were previously nurse practitioners or physician assistants, and they decided to take that pathway. So I, I want to show on the next screenshot, we have one from Van Buren County Hospital. And it says, today is National Doctors Day. VBCH would like to thank all our clinic providers for what they give to VBCH every day. Hashtag National Doctors Day. Hashtag thank you. And so here we have six pictures, three physicians on top, and then ARNP, an ACNP, and an FNP. So three nurse practitioners, and it's titled VBCH Clinic Providers. So what did that was one of the uh, hospitals that you called out in your letter to the editor, right, Marsha? Yes. And when you just saw that, it's, again, just another example of everybody being plumped together. I actually want to say something about this particular screenshot, and I think we should put it in the show notes because to me, actually, this is the the worst Twitter or whatever this, I think this was on Twitter or Facebook, but the worst one I've seen, and I'll tell you why. To me, when you look at it, it's very striking because you have six people in pictures with all different letters after their name. And, and just to clarify, MD is medical doctor, DO is doctor of osteopathy, and ARNP is, is a, a registered nurse practitioner, essentially. And then we have an acute care nurse practitioner, and we have a family nurse practitioner. And what's amazing is they all look the same, right? Like, I guess I've never seen a, a better form of propaganda, which is what this is from, thank God for Van Buren County Hospital. I mean, it's like the classic propaganda. Look, all these six people look the same. They all have white coats. You know, they're they're all doctors and you can see any of them. And they don't say 500 hours, 500 hours, 500 hours, 20,000. The guy in the middle had to have done 20,000 like us. I mean, he looks old. He's going bald. So he probably did 20,000 hours. David there probably did 20,000 20, hours. Who knows if a Dr. Dana and Dr. Richard did 20,000, but they did 15,000. I can tell you that. And so to me, this is the best example of what provider does. Provider is created to make everyone look the same. And, and that's the real insidious point. So again, for those of you listening, please look at the Van Buren County Hospital feed because I think you have never seen a better cell job than that. Yeah, you're so right. You got to check that out. And I, your, your point is so well made, which is this is a, people hate it when I say conspiracy, but I'm like, how could it not be a conspiracy to make everyone the same to say, well, who cares if this person did 12 years of school and this person did two years of school, they're all providers. And that's what this has done. I mean, we're not, we're just making everybody the same and we're all on a quote team, but really somebody has to be the leader of the team. And when something goes wrong, it's going to be the physician that's really going to be on the line for that. So some of the other things that we saw about Doctor's Day were some of the gifts that doctors got. And, you know, most doctors are pointing out that, listen, we don't really need a gift or want a gift. We just would like to be appreciated. But sometimes when you get a gift that's really kind of, um, I don't know, really cheap or, you know, it's almost like just when you get a tchotchke. Yeah, you got a tchotchke. That's exactly what it is. Like, maybe don't give me anything. Like, I've had some good gifts over the years. Like, I got a really nice umbrella one year. I really liked that. And have you, can you think of any doctor's gifts that you've, day's gift that you've ever gotten? No, in my health system, they tend, which I like, to just basically send us emails. And they're addressed specifically to physicians. 
And we get them not only from the top administration, from the president of the hospital, but also from our department leaders. And they'll often talk about Doctor's Day during some of our you know, meetings that we have that week. So it's more just saying, hey, we see you, we know what you do, and we appreciate you. And that means more than a gift. And I've never been employed, so I'm kind of useless at this answer. My patients drop off food to me often, and I consider that a gift, but yeah. but no, no Doctor's Day gifts yet. Well, I've worked for a few facilities and a few hospitals, and so one of the for-profit hospital systems, they would always give us a breakfast or some kind of a meal and some kind of a little gift. And sometimes they were really, you know, somewhat thoughtful. And uh, I do remember though, on the last doctor's day that I worked for that hospital, that very day, they made the announcement that we were going to be changing our electronic health record to a completely different one. And that they were not going to be transferring any records that we were going to be responsible for basically archiving and entering in data from like years and years and years worth of, worth of patient care. And we were all like shocked. And some of the doctors started kind of grumbling and saying like, this doesn't make sense. And, and one of the administrators stood up and said, I don't understand this reaction. We gave you guys free breakfast. And it was like, wow, and they just didn't get it. And so, yeah, we're like, and on doctor's day on top of that. So some, some hospitals and facilities do give little gifts. So some people posted some of the things that they got. And one person posted a uh, tape measurer. And it's uh, it, it looks like a very inexpensive little tape measurer. One person said she got a massage voucher, but the massage therapist was 30 minutes away. It could only be used on a Thursday and she would have had to take a day off to use the massage voucher. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. And then a lot of people saying they got emails, but some of them were very nice, but some of them were again, dear practitioners, also praising mid-levels, nurses, administrators, and even housekeepers for being quote, healthcare heroes on doctor's day. And one person said they got an email that had a reminder that said smile more, which is just crazy. And then one thing that was very interesting that seems to be pretty common is that some doctors got emails asking for donations. So there's a screenshot we'll put up where it says, express your appreciation this doctor's day. And it says March 30th is doctor's day. We're celebrating our physicians and advanced practice clinicians throughout the month. Why not take an opportunity to thank a physician, nurse practitioner, or physician assistant who has made a difference in your life? And so you could actually make a donation in the honor of a doctor. But what was funny is the doctors got the emails too. So it was like, hey, make a donation to yourself or to your colleague. So I want to talk for a few minutes about how this has happened and some of the leadership. One of the things that was pointed out on social media was that the president of Johns Hopkins, who posted that very tone deaf Twitter or tweet, is Kevin W. Sowers. And he actually happens to be a nurse. He is a MSN. So he has a master's degree. So a nurse practitioner level degree. And there was an article that was written in Vanity Fair. And the article was actually about what was going on with protective, personal protective equipment and why all these hospitals were running short and putting physicians in, and nurses and other staff members in harm's way. So Kevin Sowers was named the president of Johns Hopkins Health System on February 1st, 2018. But he also served on the board of a company called Visient, which is a group purchasing organization. And he had been on that board for a year before he was placed on the Johns Hopkins uh, as the president of Johns Hopkins. What do you guys know about group purchasing organizations? Marcia, do you know much about that? They are 
legal entities that negotiate contracts with supply vendors on behalf of their members, such as hospitals and health systems. They're powerful because they can negotiate directly with suppliers to achieve, quote, remarkable savings. In return, the hospitals may offer to buy exclusively from certain vendors. And the more a GPO member spends with a particular vendor, the greater their savings may be. Problems kick in when the supply runs short or when a supplier that's been awarded an exclusive contract inflates the prices artificially. And we know from Dr. Marion Mass, who's done a lot of research on GPOs, that GPOs can actually increase the overall costs of healthcare, not only for the organization, but for the healthcare system as a whole. I think we talked about this uh, maybe even our last podcast a little bit, but when I tried to order N95s, obviously I am ground zero where COVID started, right? I'm right across the water, one hour by ferry from Seattle. And I have patients who lost grandparents in that first wave of deaths at the Kirkland nursing home. So I had started, I think, trying to order N95s in a pediatric clinic. It's not like it's a regular supply thing. So I had reached out to Henry Shine and was going to order some. And they were like, it's actually funny to think back on it. I ordered them for maybe $10 for a box of 25. And then when you go to pay, they say, hey, do you want three more boxes for $10? And I was like, oh, or maybe it was 20 for three boxes. I'll never forget that part. The three boxes were less than the one box. And I was like, oh, three more boxes? What the heck? I'll order those three for another, you know, 10 bucks to add on. And then I was so excited. It was like, oh, it's being ready. It's being put together, whatever. And then a week and a half to two weeks later, it should have been shipped already, but I got a message that it wasn't. And now the one box is $50, $100. And I think that's a great example. When supplies run short, you have a, this supply and demand. And, and here's the thing. I get business, right? Supply and demand is very straightforward. When supply is down and demand is high, costs go up. Very true. But I will tell you this, when you're buying some sort of gadget, it is not a life or death situation. And that is what's different here. And the government has removed the anti-kickback rules for GPOs. They are allowed to get as many. They're basically allowed to do what the mob does. And it's legal. And, and to me, that's, I guess, the fascinating part. So I do want to throw it in there that, you know, the definitions Marsha's talking about are really important. But what we're missing here is they can jack up the price. And that's what they did with PPE. Well, the other thing that happened, as I understand it, is that some of these hospitals and organizations were offered the opportunity to purchase PPE from other sources, but they were unable to do that because they had an exclusive contract with a GPO. So that would have affected that contract and their prices, and it would have lost all their cost savings. So what they did basically to save themselves money was uh, let physicians and nurses and other staff members wear garbage bags and bandanas around their face instead of shelling out money and taking the hit and taking care of their staff. And Dr. Mass, when she talked about this, she said, you know, you know that there's got to be money going on. So they're saving a lot of money from these GPOs. But believe me, there, according to her, she, she's found evidence that there is money trading hands, basically. So it's like quid pro quo. They're saving money, but they're also getting some, some kickbacks or clawback backs or whatever they call them these days. Well, we'll have to have ask Dr. Mass if she'll want to come on one of these days and really explain all this to us because it's it's pretty crazy when you really start digging into it. But anyways, the point of of going into down that road is just to mention that Kevin Sowers is a nurse. He's a, got a master's degree in nursing. He is the president of Johns Hopkins System since 2018. He did allow the the GPO that he was on the board of to take over that job for Johns Hopkins. 
Of course, the company says that he recused himself from voting and things like that. But, you know, it's a little sketchy. And then we'll also point out that it's been during his tenure that Doctor's Day suddenly gets appropriated to nurses, housekeeping staff, you know, and and everybody. It's something when you see hospital administration being taken over by non-physicians and what the impact of that is on on physicians, basically. So any other thoughts, Marsha, on why you wrote this article and what you'd like our listeners to take home from it? I would like our listeners to take home that I appreciate physicians and their unique role in healthcare, all the hours and years that they took to train. As Dr. al mentioned, I want to say I see you and I appreciate you. And that's why I wrote this article, because I saw talking to physician colleagues and also seeing on social media that people were hurting because they were either ignored or misappropriated during this special day that we rightfully have. Also, you know, selfishly, when I go and uh, into the emergency room or, you know, God forbid a loved one goes into the emergency room, I want there to be a highly trained physician available to take care of me or my loved one. And this appropriation of doctor's day, as we mentioned, is larger part of a larger pattern to basically obscure the different education levels of, of staff that are taking care of patients. And in a way, it confuses the patients and it's not clear who's taking care of you. The other thing that I wanted to mention is what I talked about in the article is that when Nurses Week comes up or Radiology Technology Week or the other ones, I really love to plan a special thing for my nursing colleagues, my tech colleagues. I really enjoy that. And I enjoy telling them how much they mean to me and how much they bring to the team. And I know that they like doing the same thing for me and it's enjoyable to receive that. So I want all doctors to be able to feel that way. I say in the article, physicians appreciate receiving and deserve to receive recognition on doctor's day. Let us have our day. Thank you so much for writing that article. It really touched my heart and I know it touched a lot of other doctors. I think about a colleague that we lost. It was about a week after doctor's day. There was an emergency physician that I didn't know him personally, but I knew him from social media and he took his own life about a week after doctor's day. And I I was looking at his Facebook feed and it was just full of this uplifting messages, wishing his colleagues happy doctor's day, but clearly he was really hurting and we don't know everything about why, but As you mentioned, physician suicide is real and uh, moral injury and burnout is real. And so we need to recognize and appreciate the the effort and the work that doctors put into what they do. And the other thing to your point of, you would like to make sure that a physician is there for you when you need them for your family as well. When we polled the 10,000 different Facebook members of Physicians for Patient Protection, we put out a poll and we asked, why are you a member of this group? The number one answer was, I want to make sure that there's a physician there in the future for myself and for my family. So it's not about turf war. It's not about an ego issue. It's truly about making sure we have high quality care for patients now and for the future. So thank you so much again, Dr. Marsha Haley. We'll post the link to your article. And if you'd like to learn more about this topic, we encourage you to get our book. It's called Patients at Risk. The Rise of the Nurse Practitioner and Physician Assistant in Healthcare. It's available at Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and our YouTube channel. It's called Patients at Risk. And if you're a physician and you'd like to get more involved with uh, helping advocate for physician-led care, please join us. Our website is physiciansforpatientprotection.org. Thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next podcast. 